The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. Appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and unfortunately, I do not have the crew with me today, so I am flying and manning this ship solo today. Shout out to the crew. We hope to be able to get them back, hopefully in some shape, form, or fashion. Things always happen, but we're going to keep this thing rolling, of course, because we got to keep bringing you dope content. Pleased always to have you all join me today on the Vault Classic Music Reviews, and before we get into the album review today... I have to give a very big shout out and big thank you to all the listeners out there who have checked out the Vault Podcast, everyone who has clicked on an episode, who has listened, who has subscribed, who has shared, who has commented on social media. January was an absolutely massive month for us. It's our best month that we had since we started this podcast last year in August 2019. And it's amazing how far just by the work that you do, by reaching out on social media and talking to people and by doing outreach that how far you can get so i want to make sure that i give my props to you the listeners who have made the vault grow so much since his very first episode since we recorded the review for mob deep's murder music and things have been great and we've been heard in so many different countries i believe it's been over 45 close to 50 countries now worldwide everywhere pretty much every continent except for antarctica (laughs) in asia and europe shout out to the listeners of course and the uk and then also in germany And those are the ones that have the great numbers. Of course, then shout out to listeners in Australia and Asia. We've had seen listeners in Thailand and Japan and Taiwan as well. And we've also seen in South America, Brazil, Peru, and then stateside. Shout out, of course, to everybody in the DMV who was listening. But big shout out to the people in California. And of course, everyone in the state of Georgia. I know I got a lot of podcasters that I work with there that are listening. And we've picked up some listeners along the way. So shout out to all of you. I gave a shout out on social media on my Twitter the other day to a lot of podcasters. They know who they are, who have pretty much bigged up my show and I know have contributed to the interest in the show. So I thank y'all, man. And I wish y'all all all the best. And I hope to be able to collaborate with a lot of y'all as we continue to go on and grow this show. So thank you once again, man. I never thought the show would get to this point, but we love reviewing classic music. And we know with everyone out there that you like it, too. And you love to sit there and discuss it because these are music and albums that we all can think about times in our lives when we hear songs and you listen to albums you can think about exactly where you were and what you were doing during that time of your life and some of them do strike chords so thank y'all once again man we appreciate the love please continue to listen sharing and subscribing of course you can catch us on all forms of social media on our twitter page ig and facebook you can get to our link tree this gets to all of our streaming sources that includes all of the podcast streaming that's Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, 
You can also catch us on YouTube and then all of our social media sites. And there's even an email address there if you want to reach out and show some love. So please make sure that you do that. And please make sure that you tell a friend, as we say at the end of each episode. So thank y'all again. You know, we like to look at the classics here at the Vault Classic Music Review. And we are doing albums 20, 25, and 30 years. That puts us in year of 1990, 95, and the year 2000. And, of course, we have the hashtags. Hashtag open the vault and hashtag MBTC standing for nothing but the classics because that's what we do here on this show. And today we have an album turning 30 years old and one that is incredibly dope, but I believe has been slept on in the time since it's been out. And it's a shame talking about the 1990 release on Wild Pitch Records, the (laughs) short lived but legendary Wild Pitch Records, Lord Finesse and DJ Mike Smooth, the funky technician. This came out on February 6, 1990, was recorded between 89 and 90, has a runtime of 52 minutes and 33 seconds over 13 tracks. Of course, this was the debut album of Lord Finesse and DJ Mike Smooth, and this album had a lot of different offerings on it. And this is actually the only album that Lord Finesse and DJ Mike Smooth put out um, by 1991. Right after this album came out, they actually split up. And Lord Finesse went on a solo career. Now, for those of y'all who are kind of listening, some of you are old enough. Some of you may not be old enough and think, wait, Lord Finesse, the same dude who produced on on Biggie's album, produced Suicidal Thoughts and did stuff for Digging in the Crates. Yes, that Lord Finesse. He was a rapper at one point in time and still performs to this day. And he was known more so as a rapper when during his debut album. Of course, his later work, you knew that he produced a lot of stuff, as I mentioned he produced on Ready to Die for Biggie. He also did a big portion of Big L's debut album, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. He did a lot of work with the collective that he was a part of, which was Digging in the Crates, of course. And their footprint is all over this album. And of course, for those of you who don't know, the Digging in the Crates crew, which was a hip hop collective between, made up of Lord Finesse, Diamond D, OC, DJ OG, Buck Wild, Fat Joe, Showbiz and AG, D-Flow. And also the late, great Big L, you know, they started this and they put out quite a bit of music and a lot of that they were considered more so, I think, would be underground more so than anything else. They were known around the industry, particularly in New York, but they had their mark around the industry as they had quite a few people. And of course, there were affiliates for DITC that weren't actually members of DITC. Like, you know, there were also artists such as Freddie Fox um, was known to do a lot of things with them as well there was also dj Premier who did a lot of work who did a lot who did some work here on funky technician as well and they were around and made music for the better part of about 20 years and you could see things started to sort of fall apart right after big l died even though big l planning on releasing his second album that was on raucous records he was a central part in having that crew stay together and uh, there were a lot of different uh, creative differences that they had And they split up right around 2011, give or take around 2010, 2012, stating that they weren't going to make any more albums. And as a group, they did actually put out a few albums and recordings and uh, as uh, compilation albums, if you would. You know, OC said that they wanted to record new music. They actually recorded a new album released on October 2016 called Sessions. And OC stated that the group wanted to get together to record a brand new album because they said that Big L would not want them to end their legacy on creative differences and them not getting together to record again. So uh, he was a member of the DITC crew and this was the debut album that he put out. And of course their mark is all over this album. So we'll get into this album, Lord Finesse and DJ Mike Smooth, the funky technician 
released in 1990s, now 30 years old. And it's crazy to think about that. Just to go into a little bit of the background of this album and me listening to it personally, I remember this was probably out of all the albums that Lord Finesse has recorded. And there has been three that Lord Finesse has recorded in his career. Funky Technician, Return of the Funky Man, which came out in February 11th, 1992, and The Awakening, which came out in February 20th, 1996. That was actually the first Lord Finesse album that I listened to. And I sort of backtracked as time went along and listened to Return of the Funky Man. I listened to maybe Funky Technician probably about, I would say maybe about four or five years ago, just sort of just randomly going through some music and trying to pick up albums that I hadn't listened to before, reading some articles on the internet, I saw that this was an album that was very highly reviewed, so I decided to pick it up and listen to it. When I saw that it was coming up on a 30-year anniversary this year, I decided to let's take make this one of the albums that we review because this is an album, obviously, that was very well highly reviewed and had some good content to it. As I listened to it a few years ago, we decided to go ahead and put it on the schedule. This album actually was selected in 98 as one of the Source 100 Best Rap Albums. And the album was actually also re-released on Wild Pitch Records. Um, If you go and look around, this album's not really available so much in print anymore. It's a lot of things that are out of stock to try to find it. You really got to dig around the internet to try to find so. Or maybe go to some record stores to see if you can find it. But it's kind of been hard because Wild Pitch has been a part of EMI, which then redistributed to a lot of different companies. And then eventually the company that owned the right to these records then released it through some distribution company. So some of it's still out there. It is on the internet, though. It is on Apple Music and Spotify, but I was able to go and listen to it again. This album, though, just to think about some of the, the themes that are sort of on here. It's amazing to sort of look at this and you look at Lord Finesse's career. He's known primarily just as a producer, but he was really young during this. He mentioned on the album a couple of times that he was only 19 years old and which is amazing considering the content that you hear during this album a lot of great work on here and lyrically I was very surprised to hear considering the time frame when he was recording it in the early 90s uh, how dope this album was lyrically and some of the work that he was able to do as well as far as when it came to performers and guest spots, there are not a lot on here. There's only one guest spot on here, and that's AG. He appears on two tracks. That's on Back to Back Rhyming. Very, very dope track. And also Keep It Flowing, which is another great track as well. As far as the producers are concerned, for all of Lord Furness's producing chops, he does not produce any tracks on this album. All the tracks are produced by Showbiz, Diamond D, and then also by DJ Premier. DJ Mike Smooth did co-produce Slave to My Soundwave with DJ Premier on this one as well. So he didn't really take up producing anything until some of his later projects. But when you have those list of producers to your disposal, I guess you can kind of take a break from the SP 1200, (laughs) which was his producer machine of choice in order to be able to move on to focus on the lyrics. And that's where I think this album truly shines is the fact that as talented as a producer that Lord Finesse was and eventually became that he had some masters at the producing craft that were able to put some work into this album to really make it an incredible project. And considering the time, I think it is a project that I'm really surprised that we don't talk about enough. So I'm going to get into some of the things that I really liked a lot on this album. The album starts off great with Lord's Finesse theme songs. The samples on here are ridiculous. And you got to expect that coming from the DITC crew and also from DJ Premier, Amanda. It's, <laughs> it's crazy how they flip some of these samples. The first song, of course, Baby You Nasty, which is by Lord Finesse, produced also by DJ Premier. Premier also did the Lord Finesse theme song intro. That was a really dope track. I loved it. The fact that 
there's that sample, of course, on that record. Two samples by Cold Blooded by James Brown, and then they get down by Lord Price. And it was really cool how they bought in that baby you nasty <laughs> sample into the chorus. And it's just really just typical premiere. Some of the things that he likes to bring on the tracks. And in the title track, Funky Technician, is a really, really cool track produced by Diamond D. And you could see some of the lyrical, you know, flex that you see flex, you know, Lord Finesse doing that. And back to back ramen is the first one that you see a guest spot through AG on there. Both of them really kind of laid down two really ill verses. Here I Come is a very balanced, but slow tempo track where you get to see them switch the flow up. And that's the thing that I love about this album is the fact that all the beats don't sound the same. And I think when we dealt with a lot of albums of the 80s into the 90s, sometimes you got albums that were either all produced by one producer or you would see a lot of beats sort of sound the same, same tempo, same drum breaks, same type of samples. And what you would do is get a rapper that would get into this monotonous sort of flow or their flow sort of sounded the same. That's not the case here in this album. The first case of that you see in that is on Here I Come, produced by Diamond D, where you see the flow start to slow down a little bit. And he still kills it on this, though. And, you know, that that Here I Come track is an example of how they sort of able to slow it down. And you see some of the things that Lord Finesse can do when he's dealt with the, you know, not more so of an upbeat beat that you saw mostly in those late 80s and early 90s as a lot of hip-hop was starting to transition into some new jack swing and the hip-hop itself was starting to transition into another outside of the golden era and into the g-funk era and a different era into music so you start to see the two samples on this one take some leave some by james brown james brown has sampled a bunch on this and of course that vocal sample in the beginning of richard pryor (laughs) from tv from a tv panel show in 1968 a little bit of a younger richard pryor where you hear him talking that's where they pulled that actual vocal sample from another one that i love i do love slave to my sound wave that's the one produced by dj premier and mike smooth i keep the crowd listening is another highlight as well bad mother is a track that stood out to me in particular because of that sample now anybody who's listened to that song of bad mother knows that that sample comes from the boss by james brown that same song the boss by james brown has been sampled a bunch of times in history. And in particular, the one song that I know that has been that sampled it, that comes to mind is Get Down by Nas that was on God's Child. And that's the big one that, of course, that I know because it was recognizable almost immediately. It's also been sampled on Kendrick Lamar, it was on Section 80, a Hole Up, sampled by Pete, by Pete Rocks, sampled by, you know, on Bad Mother. And then, of course, you played yourself. But that's really just a dope-ass track, that guitar sample, that just really kind of gets you in the mode. Every time I hear that, I just think, and that Get Down, sampled by James Brown, is just vintage James Brown. So uh, that was just a good, a really nice track and smooth way for to use that sample because before then, I don't think we had heard anybody in hip-hop sample that record. And that was another track produced by Diamond D. Keep It Flowing is the second guest track by Lord Finesse and A.G., Great verses by both of them. A.G. leading off this time and Lord Finesse finishing off. Lessons to be taught had a very interesting message. And, of course, was a little bit of a breakup. Because a lot of these rhymes that you heard with Lord Finesse on them, you heard a lot of it was talking about how dope of an MC was, how he can move the crowd, how he deals with whack MCs. That's the motif, though, right? Because for a lot of records in the 80s, you know, unless it was Public Enemy, N.W.A., a lot of different other rappers that had different motifs. You talked about how great an MC you were, how you dealt with whack MCs, how you could move the crowd, and of course, how you get the ladies. And that's that was really a, the, the epitome of being able to do things, and you had to be skilled to be able to do it and not bore the crowd as well. But 
lesson to be taught kind of breaks that up with the stories that are being told there as well. Just a little something's cool. Another one produced as well by Showbiz. Strictly for the ladies was a really cool track that just goes in the vein that you have to have a ladies track back then. And Lord Finesse was able to do it. And then the very last track on here, Track the Movement, which was also produced by DJ Premier. To me, is a standout. And the reason why it's a standout is because of the beat and the way that the beat switches once every like four to eight bars, you hear that switch up between those two different samples. And as a matter of fact, those two samples that you hear on track, the movement are never had a dream by the Ohio players and take me just as I am by Lynn Collins. And those are what makes up those two, those two samples make up that track. And you just hear the beat flip from one to the next and everything just sort of all just kind of stays right in rhythm and right in motion. And that's the way how the album ends. And at the end of it, I was just like, man, you know what? This is actually pretty damn dope. And the reason why I say that is because we don't really think about Lord Finesse and his rapping chops. But to really point to it, it was a, he was severely underrated in the way that he rhymed. His flow, to me, was reminiscent of some of the greater rappers of that era. You talk about Big Daddy, Big Daddy Kane and Rakim. You talk about the KRS-1s. You talk about those type of rappers that sort of have that ability, smooth flow, great lyrics, great internal rhymes, multisyllabic rhymes, everything else like that. He had all of that. And for him to be so young, he really had a lot of potential for him to be able to start out this way. And I was doing some research on this album and I go to a rap review back to the back to the lab series from rapreviews.com, a, a site that I love when I do research and love back in the day when I was researching albums. By see Steve Flash One from rapreviews.com. He was talking about Wild Pitch Pitch Records, and he says, Lord Finesse is just such a rapper, though some may know him for his work with the musical collective Digging in the Crates and the rap classes he produced for other MCs. The remarkable thing about Finesse is he has always been how well he lives up to his name. In fact, a fair argument can be made. Other than the genius, Jizza has has had a more apt nom de plume in all of the East Coast rap. To explain, let's consult with Merriam-Webster to break down the name. Lord, one having power and authority over others, a man of rank or position, and finesse, refinement or, or delicacy of workmanship, skillful handling of a situation. He goes on to say, as a rap artist, Lord Finesse embodied the latter half of his name and sheer microphone ability. With his breath control, deep but not bass heavy vocal tone, and penchant for his comedic snaps and wit, he ranked right among contemporaries from Rakim to Big Daddy Kane. So the former half of his first name came from a short self-confidence and ability, what even could be called disdain for other rappers who just aren't worthy to carry his jock strap. And that's really what you hear <laughs> in this album. You really hear confidence in his voice. He's confident in his ability. And really, when you hear some of these lyrics, you hear just like somebody who, if they could be in a cipher, like thinking of the time. Again, I don't want anyone to jump out there to say, yo. Be cops are singing that Lil Finesse is just as just as ill as Rock Kim and Big Daddy Kane when it comes to rhyming. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is thinking of the time, you could see someone who could be in a cipher with a Rock Kim and a Big Daddy Kane and or be on a track with a Rock Kim and Big Daddy Kane and not really there'd be too much of a drop off, a severe drop off. You could see a kid to be like, yo, man. Is this kid nice as Rock Kim? Nah, but he pretty dope though. And that's really what I was sort of thinking. Thinking back to that time and knowing how the way that rappers rapped as a young kid, 
he really showed all of the traits of somebody who was coming up in the rap game. And you could see that he studied a lot of the greats coming up as a kid. You could see the influence of someone like Rakim, someone of like Big Daddy Kane, also of Cool G Rap, KRS One. You could see also you could see influences slightly of a little bit of Chuck D in there as well. You could also you could see where he got, you know, he studied and then used it to develop a style of his own. It doesn't like he took that and he immediately made himself a clone of any one of these rappers. Like, no, he took and made a style distinctly that was just his own. And that's what I was really stuck of more so than anything else. And I was just like, well, you know, if I was around in those days, I think this would have been an album that I would have picked up and I would have been like, yo, this is something I could have I could have pumped without a shot over doubt. I definitely could have blasted this. And the production work on here is just great, man. By the way, to me, there's no low lights on this one at all. It's just really this is a solid, solid, solid album. Production work on here is crazy. The samples are here on crazy. Just doing the the research here on the tracks and seeing who's been sampled on here. Of course, James Brown, I mentioned already, you know, Lloyd Price has been mentioned was sampled on here on keep it flowing. There was Scorpio by Dennis coffee and the Detroit guitar band, Joy and pain by Rob bass and DJ easy rock. Of course, you know, you saw also other samples by Eric B and rock Kim. I ain't no joke. Richard Pryor mentioned that as well by Rufus Thomas impeached the president by honey drippers. and want to keep the crowd listening so there's a lot of dope samples that were used by here. And of course, considering who produced it, you would expect that. So a really, really dope sampling. No low lights on this for me, because I think this is just really is just a solid offering. And I know what a lot of you out there are thinking. All right, man, well, this album is so dope. Then why in the hell haven't we heard more about it? Well, I honestly have to say, I think it's a symptom of the matter of one the recognition that a lot of people may have not known who Lord Finesse was at that particular time. And two, the time period it came out in, we've done our research as far as reviews that we're going to do for albums that were released in this year, 1990. And let me tell you something. It was hard to try to come up and separate the albums that were released in 1990 to come up with a good list. And when you look at the albums that were released just in this year alone, it's <laughs> it's incredible. You got Public Enemies, Fear of a Black Planet. You have Tribe's uh, debut album. You have America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube. I mean, it's it, it's a lot. You got P, uh, you got uh, Brand Nubians, All for One, all listed on here as well. You know, there's a lot of dope albums that came out during this year, and you can't help but to just think, uh, LL Cool J, Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> there were a lot of dope albums that came out this year, man. So I honestly think that and all of those artists that I named right there were all commercially com- well, dope artists and dope albums. They were also very commercially successful. They were successful commercially. They had radio success. Um, all of those had some sort of uh, appeal to the greater public. There were artists that people had known through some, you know, previous projects. This was the debut album that they put out and it came pretty much at a time when there were a lot of dope albums that came out during 1990, a lot of dope albums came out in 1990. So because of that, I think that this album got overlooked just a little bit, just a little bit. And it's kind of hard to have to do something like that because it's unfortunate because this really is a dope album. This is really a solid and dope album. And considering the fact that it, it probably it got overshadowed without a shadow of a doubt. Now there is some recognition because I think among the greater hip hop audience, 
people are going to think about Funky Technician and the general hip hop fan is going to be like, who? You know, they'll even you say the name Lord Finesse and they'll be like, who? Some of them won't know who, the, who you're talking about. But the heads know. I mean, just considering the fact that this was named one of the best rap albums when the source was still, I think, mm. <laughs> they were losing their credibility. But I think if you looked at their 100 best rap albums list, you could look at it and be like, you know what? That's actually not a bad list. For it to be up there, it was regarded by those in the community very, very well. And to me, I think it does sound a little bit dated, but then you have to consider the time that it came out in. Any album that you listen to, I think in the early 90s and back to the 80s, you're going to have to consider that. It's going to sound a certain type of way, but that was the style back then. And considering the fact that who produced this album and the beats that were produced on here and the flow and the sound, I think it's a really, really dope project. And I think it's worth being looked at again because, you know, it got overshadowed a little bit and name recognition probably paid to the fact that this didn't get the attention it deserved back then. I think those in the industry definitely respected it, but I think the rap public, we probably kind of slept on this a little bit. And I'm pretty sure that if you ask most folks, most people who weren't into the genre like that and who still aren't, they probably don't know anything about this album, but it's dope. Believe me. As far as to me, whether I think this is, do I think that this is a classic? I do. And I think it's a, I do think it's a certified classic. And let me put it to you this way. I don't think that this is probably, if you're going to talk about the best albums of all time, it's not in the top 20. It's not in the top 50. Heck, it may not even be in the top 100 anymore. We're talking about this has been almost 20 years later now, 22 years since the source put that out. But I think it's in the conversation for if you had to make a list of maybe best 500 rap albums or hip hop albums of all time, 250 to 500. It's in that discussion. And I think it's worth mentioning because it really is a dope album. As far as when I think about my criteria for talking about a certified or bona fide classic, I don't think there's any skips here. There's not a song I listen to. It's like, yo, this song is whack. I'm going to turn it off. Like there's no skips on this one for me. I think all the tracks have a certain type of quality to them. They're all unique, each in their own type of way. I listen to it now and I don't feel like, you know, I've been back in the time capsule and I feel like, you know, I don't really know if I should be playing this right now because this is this is old as hell. and It doesn't sound good anymore. I do think it's still a certified classic because it has those elements to it. I think that when you listen to this and you sit back and take everything, everything into consideration that this has all the elements of everything you talk about with a certified classic, but it's a slept on or certified classic. Unfortunately, you may tend to gloss over it. If you tend to, you might just get past it. Like if you're probably looking at things to listen to, if this was a record, if you were in a record store, you might just gloss past this one. But I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't check it out, because I do think it's really, really dope. And I think Lord finesse at that time, wordplay was right up there with some of the best, man. And I think if he could have kept at it, he could have been he could have not to say he could have been one of the best rappers in the game, but he could have been a respected veteran, just like another person in DITC, like OC. I think OC and Lord Finesse could have been sort of like those same type of rappers, somebody that you probably not putting in your GOAT conversation, but you're going to put him up there. It's like, yo, my man is a respected veteran, man. He's he's wordplay is good. He's a talented MC and he definitely can get out there when it's time to put down a 16. He could put one down and isn't bringing anything down. So there we are. The Funky Technician by Lord Finesse and DJ Mike Smooth, released in 1990. It's now 30 years old. Please go make sure you check it out. I was able to listen to it, of course, on Apple Music and also on Spotify. 
go and check it out, man. It's a really, really dope album. Um, it's worth checking out. I do think it's a, it's a classic and it does stand the test of time. I just think that we need to take into consideration that hmm, may not have been well or it might have been glossed over back then. So I do believe it is very much a slept on classic. But go check it out and uh, let me know what you think. We definitely love to make sure to we definitely like to hear from all the fans on social media. Of course, send your emails. You can reach us, of course, on social media just to give you an idea where you can find us on IG at Vault CMR Podcast. Also, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching The Vault Classic Music Reviews. You can search us both on there and you'll find the channels and also the fan page of the podcast. And on Twitter, you can find me at Vault Classic. That's where you can get the show Twitter feed. And for myself personally, B. Cox, you can find me on at It's Lesson. That's at I-T-S-L-E-S-S-O-N. I'm very active on there. I love interacting with the fellow followers, fellow podcasters, fans. I love it. Y'all keep my day going and you keep me going to keep doing this over and over again because we all love classic music, whether it's hip hop, reggae or R&B, which we're going to be doing all three of those this year. So big ups to all of y'all. Thank you again for listening. And uh, we'll keep this thing going. Remember, use those hashtags, man. Don't be afraid to tag that. Open hashtag open the vault. Hashtag MBTC. Nothing but the classics. Because that's what we do here, man. We like to highlight the classics. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host. That's vaultcmrpodbean.com. Of course, on any one of our social media sites, you can get to our link tree. It gives you all of our streaming platforms and, of course, the additional social media sites that are out there. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to The Vault CMR on any one of those streaming sites. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure you tell that friend to tell a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.